Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Today, I am excited to have an amazing guest. Danny Van is here. She's the founder of Pennies to Wealth, and she's going to be sharing how her 2020 went with us. She went through a life transition of getting divorced and getting back on her feet, but at the same time, she was also able to save $60,000 last year. And so I'm really excited to have Danny here to share her incredible journey and also her experience with her life transition. Hey, Danny. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you join me, and I would love for you to share with everyone who you are and what you do. Yes, so like you said, I'm Danny. I'm the founder of Pennies to Wealth. I help people save, pay off debt, and build wealth while also sharing my journey. Um, a little bit about me, I actually work in corporate training, so I went from being just a regular K-12 teacher to transitioning to teaching in tech, um, and so that is what really contributed to my growth financially, um, so I'm excited to be here and talk a little bit more about that. Well, thank you for being here. And um, your Instagram page is so much fun. I love how you share different you know, things, including your Christmas gifts and treating yourself and navigating through life situations. And so everyone should check that out at Pennies to Wealth. Um, but Danny, last year you went through two major life occurrences. Um, first of all, you got divorced, um, but you were able to pick yourself back up and save a large amount of money in the amount of $60,000. So, you know, before I dive in, I want to thank you for sharing or being open to share your experience with your divorce because it can be something really difficult to go through and even talk about, especially so soon. So, thank you for being so open. I know your advice and your experience is going to be positively impactful to so many women who are listening, who are going through, um, you know, a similar situation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So I guess my first question is, you know, just starting out with your divorce, how did you navigate that experience, um, especially when it came around like separation of assets and your finances? Yeah, Um it was actually pretty tough because the way we had set up our finances, it was, you know, his income was made to pay all of the bills and living. And then mine was immediately being thrown to debt and to savings. And so I never really saw, 
I guess the fruit of my income being used for daily bills. And so I never really had to budget in that format. And so once it was time for a divorce, I had to figure out not only to have an income enough to support me while living in California alone without any family or friends to lean on, but I also had to find enough income to still be able to hit my savings goals. Um, because, you know, I had always envisioned my savings as, okay, I am going to build wealth, we're going to retire early, but that was on the premise that I had another partner in order to do so. And so as soon as, you know, that was a decision, I was like, okay, I got to increase my income. And it was just some random thought, like no one told me, hey, Danny, you can command more income on the market with your skills. Um, I was currently being paid about $60,000 at the time. And I just kept interviewing. I was like, okay, I need to extend my net. You know, the closer you get to San Francisco, the higher your salary grows. That's just you know, the way of the beast out here. And so I was like, okay, how can I translate my skills into tech and be able to command not only my previous salary, but his as well. And after about eight months, I was lucky enough to be able to do so. Um, so I doubled my income in about eight months and that allowed me to be able to move out and move to Oakland and be able to not only support myself, but also continue to support my goals. Um, I, I really hustled. I did everything I could. I rejected some jobs um, because I knew that the decision that I made at that time, it was either going to make or break me. And I knew that my salary was the basis of that. Um, and so luckily it turned out, but I know usually it's really hard for people, especially if you know you have kids or you know, you can't stay in the house <laughs> for half a year with the partner. Luckily, my um, partner was in the military, so I was home alone, but a lot of people can't stay in the family home after a decision like that is made, but I was able to do so. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, you know, I can imagine that when you go through a divorce, obviously, like you mentioned, there's a lot of things that your income was not going through that now that you decided to move on your own, you have to take on this responsibility. So I'm sure you had to navigate figuring out all the different expenses, planning accordingly before you got um, right. the new job in the eight months before you got that rate, that raise. So figuring out, you know, housing. And even though, even though you doubled your income, you still live in California, which is <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. Exactly. So of course there was, there was that process of separating assets, et cetera. And like you said, you were fortunate in the sense that you didn't have to move out right away. Um, you know, you didn't have any kids, but how did you manage your emotion and your, your emotions and your mental health going through this? So there's the financial aspect, which you kind of figured, okay, I need to increase my income. I need to earn more so I can cover my bills and save and just, you know, be able to stand on my own two feet in this expensive city. But of course there was the emotional aspect and the mental aspect, mental health aspect of it. So I'd love for you to share more, if you don't mind, about just how you dealt going through that. I had to go to therapy. Um, like I said, I, you know, I'm out here alone. No one in my family knew I was going through a divorce. It had been almost a year <laughs> before I finally told them because I just wanted to do it on my own. I knew you know, no one in my family had the finances to even help me anyway. So I just didn't want to bring them into that situation. And so finding a therapist, luckily my 
job provided free therapy. Um, and so I was able to jump right into that and have someone to talk to. Um, and then I think as soon as I started sharing with people, I realized I wasn't alone. But that first year, I felt so alone. I felt like a failure. I was like, okay, I, I'm just going to keep it all inside and just hustle and mind my business. But, you know, that does negatively affect your mental health. It isolates you even more. Divorce is already an isolating thing. You're splitting up, especially after a decade. And so finally stopping and saying, okay, I need to talk to people, a professional counselor first thing. And then of course, starting to reach out to friends, sharing what I was actually going through instead of continuing to fake it until I make it. Cause I was struggling towards the end because it was just so hard. I I left the house with just the couch. I didn't have a bed. Like it, yeah, it was a lot. Wow. And you know, I have to commend you on seeking therapy. I feel like there's a lot of stigma around people seeking help, especially when it comes to professional help as they navigate life situations, whether it's divorce, financial issues, you know, loss, whatever it is, there's this, there's this stigma about mental health and emotional well-being, and we're expected to be strong and we're expected to figure it out. And especially when it comes to divorce, I'm sure you may have had family members that if you had shared early would try to convince you against your decision when you had already made it. And so um, for anyone who's watching who's listening to this there's no shame in seeking help Mm -hmm. seeking help can actually help you get through the situation like it helped you Danny and that's that's really good that you had that support and many employers offer that um, through different benefits through insurance and if you have to pay out of pocket for your mental well-being I personally think that it's worth it Mm -hmm. right and even if you're not in the space where you can you want to seek therapy, even having someone who is on your side, who understands your journey, who you can communicate with. Um, a lot of times, especially as women, we, t- we tend to harbor, keep our issues inside because we're supporting so many people because we don't want you know to disappoint people, but you have to take care of yourself. And I'm so glad you were able to do that for yourself, Danny. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I finally did it too, because it's so crazy. Um, you know, once I finally got a job, I got a job November 2019. Um, I moved out that month as well, like a week after I got my job. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to find an apartment in the Bay Area, super expensive, but they gave me two months free rent. So that's how I was able to move out so fast without like actual cash in my bank account. <laughs> Um, and I was in my office two months and then, you know, the pandemic happened. So I was so glad that I sought out therapy beforehand because when I thought I was alone in November, 2019, I was super alone when my office closed March 1st. Um, so yeah, please go and seek out therapy. It can change your life. Um, I was able to, you know, stop not only feeling the shame, but also, looking at the positives of it and, you know, starting to look forward as just Danny instead of being attached to someone. And so I definitely recommend it. And Danny, one of the things that you mentioned was that you, his income had been going towards paying off debt. So when you separated, how did you, how did you manage um, around the debt? Was it his debt you were paying off or both of your debt or just your debt? Yeah, so we had actually became debt-free 
um, about a year beforehand, we had eliminated over $130,000 in debt. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. It really is. It is. That was like a two and a half year journey um, selling things. We lived in an RV for about nine months. Um, (laughs) Wow. All of these extreme things. And so when people now see that, you know, I saved $60,000, they're like, how did you do it? But every part of my journey has been extreme because I've always felt like a life or death type situation to me. Um, So luckily I left debt free. I'm still debt free. And that just makes it easier to live out here in the Bay Area. (laughs) That's amazing. And we're going to get into that savings section of this interview in a minute, but I just want to recap, you know, for anyone who's listening, trying to figure out going through a divorce. So you basically figured out the bills that you needed to start paying on your own. Um, You negotiated housing in order to get a few months free so you could move out, even though, you know, you didn't have the money at the time to put down a massive deposit. And then you started looking for a new job to increase your income, which is really, really important. And even though you didn't know that you could um, command more money for your skill set, I just, I guess, navigating your divorce opened your eyes to, wait a minute, let me go out and figure out what I can do to make more money. So, um, you know, those are the things that you did. And thank you for sharing that. And I think that's awesome. Oh, and finally, you went out and you got help, therapy, right? To help you navigate all of that, right? Because a lot of times when we talk about these type of scenarios of, okay, somebody's getting divorced and they did X, Y, Z, paid off a lot, a large amount of debt or mm-hmm. saved a large amount of money and they did X, Y, Z. It sounds so simple, but there's always that emotional aspect, that mental aspect of saving, of, of paying off debt, of you know navigating relationships, of a loss. That stuff, I, I feel, is the hardest part um that emotional and mental aspect it's not easy even you said doing extreme things living in an rv for nine months um if that's not what you're used to and you're doing it for a particular reason it's it's a mental and emotional challenge for a lot of people so seeking help and i'm coming back to this because i think it's so 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 important i think if people can seek help when they need it it minimizes a lot of um you know just stress and anguish as they go through an already difficult situation. Yeah, and I had one of the best bosses, manager, she doesn't like me to call her my boss. <laughs> she was so understanding. Once I finally told her what was going on, she was like, why, why are you here right now? Because I literally, I interviewed, I told her, I was like, I can be there a week later. Like, I I wanted to get in as soon as possible. It's like a week before Thanksgiving. And I was just going and going and going. And then one day I just broke down. And I was like, I I gotta go. (laughs) So she put me in an Uber, sent me across the Bay Bridge um, from San Francisco to Oakland. She was like, just take your time. And so don't be afraid to reach out. I because it will come out eventually, um, <laughs> one way or the other. Like I said, I I didn't even have a bed. Like I was living on one of those little Amazon cot things for like a month because I was just waiting for my first check to come in to buy like a bed frame and a mattress. And um, all of those things affect you. And I was still trying to go to work and make money and then also pour into my blog and pretend I was still married. It was just a hot mess. Um, So I do not recommend that. (laughs) 
definitely take your time. <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad that you're able to laugh about this. I always tell people when you go through life situations, if you can't reflect back and just find humor, um, you'll be depressed. So I'm, I'm so happy to see you smiling, difficult experience. So, so, so let's get into your savings story. You, you went out, you figured out finding a new job, you doubled your income. Um, that's to about 120, I'm assuming. And you were able to save $60,000 of it. So tell me how you did it. Um, what avenues were you saving? How did you stay focused? How did you stay motivated? What extreme things um, were you doing to save? I want the nitty gritty details of this incredible savings um, um, story. Yes. Okay. I'll break it down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I had to rebuild my emergency fund. I got about, I don't know how many I got just enough to be able to get a U-Haul and move my stuff down. And then I was back to zero. All I had was a Roth IRA had about $14,000 in it. Um, and that was just from like two years of saving in that. But other than that, I had nothing. And so with that two months free rent, I used that as my emergency fund. Um, well, my my starter emergency fund. (laughs) And my rent was actually $3,000. And so that was a good chunk of change. And then I was living on about half of my income. And so I was able to put a good amount over to my emergency fund there. And so I was able to save about three months of emergency fund in maybe the first two months. (laughs) So that was really good. And then I decided to start contributing to my 401k because I had never done that because my income was always being put to debt. So I never even took money out of my check. Um, So I just contributed up to the match. It was about 6%. And then my company gave me 3%. So I set that and forget it. And then I had to catch up on my Roth IRA. Um, Luckily, they give you until April tax time to fund the previous year. So I was like, let me catch up on that. And so I did that and then set up an automatic contribution for 2020. So that was my, 2020 was my first year of actually funding my Roth IRA in the actual year, because I was always catching up. (laughs) So that made me really happy. I did in June sell my house. And so we were able to split the proceeds. I got about $15,000 from that, but I also left the Bay Area in June because it was messing with me mentally. I had a $3,000 apartment, but it faced the wall. I didn't, I wasn't getting any light. And like I said, I was already isolated and being locked in home. You can't go to work. You can't see people. It, I was going a little crazy. So I broke my lease in June because I was starting to be affected negatively by living in there. Um, My beautiful $3,000 apartment in Oakland also faced a neighboring wall. So I wasn't getting daylight in and, you know, being locked in home, working from home in this little space, 500 square feet. um, I knew that it was important for me to get out and actually get some light 
to be able to see life moving past my window, even if I couldn't go out there. Um, so I did that and I used the proceeds from my house sale to do it because I had to give back my free rent. <laughs> But I did save it, which is good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they took it back once I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> and so once I moved, I moved out of the Bay Area into like a suburban area. My rent was reduced by $1,000, but my space doubled, which is great. <laughs> I also haggled free rent here too. <laughs> so I got two months free rent. You have made some of the free rent money that you lost back in the new apartment. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think being in the Bay Area where everyone was like fleeing the state and I at least stayed in the state, they were willing to, you know, incentivize me to move in. So yes, I did get free rent coming in here for about the first two months. And so that helped a lot with rebuilding and having to move again. So I'm really thankful for that. That's awesome. So you started out by emergency savings, putting that money aside, uh, contributing to your Roth, contributing to your 401k through your employer. Um, And even though you lost money from breaking your lease, part of the proceeds from your home, um, you were still living on half of your income, right? And I can imagine that $3,000 was a huge chunk of $120,000 after taxes. That's a lot of money. So by moving, were you able to put that money towards savings? Yes, I immediately put that to savings. I even opened a brokerage account because I still want to retire early and I wanted to be able to have an account where I can access it before retirement age. I'm 30 years old and so I'm you know, 35, 40 more years before regular retirement. And so I did open a brokerage account. I'm super simple though. I just threw it in like a total index fund. Um, but yeah, I... I saved the thousand dollars that I'm getting from living in this different area, just completely like it just automatically goes over there. And so I'm an automatic girl. <laughs> That's great. And you know, studies show that when you automate, you save more. Um, you save more money because you don't. You're not having mental debates. You're not. You're not like taking out of, oh, I'm just, I, I plan to save a thousand, but I'm only going to save 750 because I have this other thing I want to do. Like the money gets sent consistently every time you get paid. And so you end up saving more. Definitely. And, you know, I budget for fun. I have like a $200 category, my budget. And so that's for like, well, most of it now is like for eating out completely, but before being locked down, half like a hundred dollars was for like, you know, if I see something cute in the store that I want. And then the other hundred was just for my little friend dates that I would go on, like if it would have been a happy hour or a nap or something like that. Um, so I do, you know, set aside money for those things. And I also decided in the summer to save a vacation fund because I had hope that, you know, things would change. <laughs> We all had so many hopes, but (laughs) the pandemic had other plans. Oh my God. So, you know, just rearranging your budget based on like your goals and what you value. I just realized that, you know, I didn't need to spend my entire salary. Um, 
and I didn't really want to increase it or inflate my lifestyle just because I was alone or I wanted to prove something to my ex or anything like that. Like I didn't want to be that person. And so that just naturally led to me saving half of my income just because I was so used to it. And that's, that's a really key point that you make um, about, you know, you were used to making that $60,000 and you didn't even really get to spend a lot of it because it all went to debt. So when you, or most of it went to debt. So when you moved out on your own, you know, you had, or you've already been conditioned to not spend all your income. And the fact that you were able to stick within that and um, to live on half of your income, even despite the fact that you doubled your income is a big deal. Cause a lot of times women or not just women, but people go through these life transitions and because of all the emotions tied to it, they end up just spending to make themselves feel happy, spending to prove a point, like you said, or just lifestyle creep. I deserve to live in the $3,000 apartment and buy all the nice furniture and do all the nice things. And there's nothing wrong with that, but many times it's at the expense of financial goals and things you want to achieve and things you want to accomplish. And so I love that you were intentional from the beginning about wanting to money and focused on maxing out your Roth and your 401k and putting money in emergency savings and even thinking about early retirement as you were going through or as you had just come out of a divorce. That's really, really great that you were being intentional and staying focused, what you wanted to accomplish with your life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm surprised that I was able to do it at the beginning of the year. Once I had announced that I was getting a divorce, um, I wrote on my blog, I said, I'm not going to use this chapter as a excuse for me to ruin my life financially. Um, and, you know, I said that just to, you know, <laughs> make it seem like I was strong and I had a plan. But at that moment, I felt like my life was being ruined in every, every area. Like I didn't have savings. I didn't know what my retirement plan would be now that I have to just depend on myself. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to go down that route. I didn't want to accumulate debt just because I was sad. I didn't want to make hasty financial decisions just to prove a point that you know I can I can do better by myself like I just did not want to go down that route because I knew how painful it is to have to dig out of debt I didn't want to go back into the RV I didn't want to have to go and live with my grandma and so <laughs> I just knew that I needed to take the steps to protect myself with or without a man and building that emergency fund, investing in my accounts and just making a plan and even still looking for ways to reduce my income. Like I said, I was in that $3,000 apartment, but that was just so my commute would be, you know, less than 30 minutes. But once I was a commuting, I'm over here calculating. I even have the spreadsheet still. I'm over here trying to figure out how to save more money. I was paying almost $200 alone in just my parking space in Oakland. And so I was like, I got to get out of here <laughs> in more ways than just, you know, isolation and going crazy. And so never being content with, okay, this is just the way my life is always looking for ways to save. Like I said, I love 
treating myself and taking myself on solo dates. And so I'm going to keep that in my budget. Where can I cut? Um, and living expenses has always been that first thing that I look for to cut because, I mean, there's always a cheaper place. And hey, you usually get free rent. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love that you said with or without a man, um, there is so much power in being able to stand on your own two feet with or without a man. Um, a man is not a financial plan. Sometimes relationships don't work out. Sometimes they're amazing. But regardless of whatever your situation is, you want to be able to look in your bank account and be comfortable knowing that, you know what? I can stand on my own two feet. If you have kids knowing that I can take care of my kids, there is power in that. And I think, you know, for anyone who's listening, you want to prioritize financial wellness for yourself as an individual, as a woman. And I'm, I'm so proud that you were able to do that for yourself, Danny. That's, that's so amazing. And I would love for you to share any advice you have for a woman who's listening right now, who is in the process of going through a divorce, trying to figure out her expenses, trying to figure out how to increase her income, trying to figure out how to get to the other side of this divorce and be in the position where you are now, where you have saved money, um, you know, you're comfortable, you're standing your own two feet financially. What advice can you give this person? Oh gosh, I have so much advice. I think the main <laughs> piece of advice <laughs> would be to give yourself grace. Um, I tried to do everything at once and Although on paper, it looks like it worked out for me. And those first few months where I should have been taking my bubble baths, just like accepting what was happening at that point. Instead, I was hitting the ground running, driving hours for interviews. And I never took the time until I was on the brink of breakdown. Please do not do that. Um, and I think in order for you to do that, you have to tell someone, you have to reach out to your family. Like I said, I didn't do that until I was in a U-Haul <laughs> eight months later. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's my greatest piece of advice. Give yourself grace, feel your feelings. They're gonna come up anyway. You might as well feel them when they're like bubbling right there in your chest um, because that's natural. It's gonna feel like a death. That's what divorce is. It's like a death of a relationship, your goals with that person and you have to make new goals. But in order to make new goals, you need to be healthy mentally, physically, please eat. Um, all of those things are important. And then just the, the second piece of advice, I was creating a budget before I even had an income. I, I knew the amount of income I needed just because I had made a solo budget. And so I knew that my utilities were probably gonna be about similar. Um, I knew that I started looking on like Redfin and apartments.com, seeing what the average rent was for the area that I knew I had to move into. Um, and so I had all of that plugged in and so that's why I was able to say no to a situation or yes to another one, because I'm like, I can't live. You're only going to leave me with this amount of money to save. And that's just not a part of my plan right now. Um, so definitely figuring out your finances, figuring out how your current salary either contributes to your goals or your future salary that you're interviewing for. All of those things are important. And I think those are the two main ones right now. The two main pieces of advice. 
Well, thank you for sharing, Danny. I appreciate you being open and honest um, and talking about a difficult situation with a smile on your face. Um, I appreciate you for doing that. So before I let you go, you have to tell me what is your Clever Girl superpower? Resiliency. Um, I think I'm super resilient. I Nothing that's thrown at me can obviously stop me. I've not only went through a divorce, but I've had health issues in the past. I've been told no. I've struggled with low income, being a military spouse and being somewhere that's not in my college network or having anyone to help me get a job. And so um, I'm super resilient. I think that's not only going to help me financially, but just, you know, navigating this crazy world that we live in today. <laughs> I know it is a crazy world, but we're making it work. We're powering through. <laughs> so thank you so much, Danny, for being here. Please let everyone know what you have going on, how to find you, how to keep in touch with you, and all of that good stuff. Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at pennies to wealth or follow me at my website, pennies to wealth.com. I'm looking forward to you. If you just want to reach out, if you're going through a divorce or a hard time, I'm definitely here to chat with you. Don't hesitate to reach out because I swear it can really change your life and your mood. So hopefully I will hear from some of you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We'll be, we'll be sure to put all that information in the show notes. I appreciate you, Danny. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.